You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside Studio 34. This is Doc Jock here on the Fantasy Sports Network alongside Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. Doc, happy Super Bowl week to you, sir. Yes, the Super Bowl is uh, here, and we've got the Patriots. We've got the Rams. We and, do. Um, it's um, a remarkable story. Yeah. When I was watching the uh, Boston Celtic Golden State Warrior game Saturday night, I was sure. thinking it, it's really, really amazing that, you know, I look at Golden State, and I think they're hitting their stride, and I think they're Literally. a dominant team. Yep. And it's not surprising when dominant teams win. Right. And you look at the Patriots that have been in five of the last nine Super Bowls. Yeah. And three in a row. Three in a row. And they really haven't been a dominant team since the team that the Giants beat back in the Tyree Super Bowl. You know, think, think, about, go, think about it in a way. They beat Seattle. Right. On uh, an interception sure. that we all thought they should have ran the ball. Sure. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. They beat Atlanta when everybody can't figure out what Atlanta was doing <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Sure. And they lose a nail-biter to Philadelphia. So it's hard to argue that their talent is so much, much better. And what's even really interesting is that on the surface, when we talk about all sports, we'd say baseball is got no salary cap. Okay. The Yankees, I, I know now there's a tax and teams don't want to go over the tax, but at least theoretically they can spend sure, as if much they, money. If they wanted to, right? Also, there's less revenue sharing in baseball. You know, in fact, you're more dependent on the local revenue so that the Yankees are far more valuable franchise than the New York Mets. And that's really not true between, say, the Giants and the Green Bay Packers, which are the only publicly owned uh, NFL franchise because the NFL shares all their revenue. And what's strange is that the sport that has no salary cap has the different teams in the World Series on a regular basis, different champions, and the team that has the... The league that has the hottest salary cap. The same every year. And the NBA, which is somewhat in between with what I'd call a soft cap. Sure. Seems to have the teams that have the most disproportion and the least, you know, let's, right. let's face it, okay? Mm-hmm. The Knicks can't win this year, no matter what. No okay? matter what. Okay. You know, I like Frank as Isola writing a column panning David Fisdale I don't think a combination of Red Auerbach and John Wooden should win with this team. Of course. Um, And I think that's deliberately so. It's just kind of remarkable when you look at it, and you told me the biggest news today is Anthony Davis going ahead and asking for a trade. I'm excited to get into that with you, to be honest with you, because I think you'll you'll feel the same way um, that I do. The crazy thing about the Super Bowl to me, I think you'd appreciate this, is that it's all kind of come full circle for this Rams team, right? Like for this Patriots team. Because the first Super Bowl they played during the dynasty against the Rams. 
Right. It is the greatest show on turf. And here we are back again, Brady and Belichick again. We're doing it all over again, Doc. But you know what, what's, what's, what seems is sometimes you see these great teams and they fizzle out and they win sure. one more based on the fact that they know how to win. Right. But I've had that feeling with the Patriots for a long time. And, you know, I know he came out and said that he's not retiring. Yep. I, I, I never saw, you know, if you look at the human emotions, just like I said right from the beginning that Kyla Murray is not going to ride a bus in Amarillo. Yes, you did. Okay. Mm -hmm. The same thing, you know, people retire from sports because they don't want to put in the work. Right. To, to play the games. Right. Or they can't perform to that level. Correct. Or they have like an injury that they're really, really concerned that can change their, you know, the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Brady meets none of those criteria. In fact, I would say that his passion is proving that nutrition, fitness can allow him to do things that people haven't done. And the games are just fun. I mean, my guess is Monday morning after the Super Bowl, by five o'clock, he's back in the gym. And, and doing something and, you know, and eating the same exact diet that he ate all time. So there's no reason for him not to come back unless something drastic happened. Sure. Uh, he'll be back. Why wouldn't he be? He's been there forever. And what's so different about this team is that there's zero loyalty. And Belichick wanted to get rid of Brady for Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, there's zero loyalty on this team except for Bill Belichick. And... Because of that, I believe that's why they've been able to sustain. They don't overpay their veterans. They don't overpay guys that won them championships or led them to division titles in the past. They're always looking toward the future. And that's why they've remained the class of the NFL for 15 years. Well, they're not nostalgic. No, they, they, that's the other word, exactly. They're not nostalgic. And, and it's interesting. They say that's why Dave Gettleman lost his job in Carolina. Really? If you go back that he didn't want to sign Davis, who was the NFL man of the year. He didn't want to extend different people. Right. Yet there must be something in the New York thing because the first thing he does is give an overflated contract to oh, Jonathan no, Stewart. Right. Because <laughs> he was a good locker room guy, Doc. Which, but again, if you look at that, it tells me that he's looking at exactly the same stuff we are and that Eli's not back, but that's a different type of conversation. Yes, it is. It's obviously a very different type of conversation. But you mentioned the dynasties, and I told you that when you walked in here today, the biggest story in sports right now is Anthony Davis requesting a trade. And I talked about this earlier on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. And it's a power play. It's a power play by the agent who is best friends with LeBron, who is also LeBron's agent, to get him to L.A. The team that cannot make an offer right now that well, is the biggest competition for Anthony Davis is the Celtics. But because of the Rose rule in which you can't have two players on that, that same contract, the Celtics cannot make an offer until that contract is up on July 1st. So what Rich Paul is doing is saying, hey, we want to trade. The Lakers are the best option. They're going to make an offer. And I'm not saying their offer would be any worse than the Celtics, but the Celtics can't make any offer right now. Well, so, and, 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 what you're really asking is, first of all, uh, Davis can't move until after next season. That's correct. A year and a half left in his contract. So there really isn't any reason for New Orleans to move him correct. before the offseason. Zero, zero need to do that. Because you would tend to believe that they'd want to market and they'd want the Celtics in there sure. with them. Right. And the Celtics just have so many draft picks coming up. Correct. 
they have Tatum, who is probably what you want back in that deal. Correct. Um, and, and the draft picks. And now let's look at the Lakers. I, I really... I don't love Lonzo Ball unless I'm missing something. Okay. Seems fair. Okay. I think that Brandon Ingram has done very, very little okay. since he's in the NBA. Right. Um, he's a weird player. I mean, he's, you know, tall, but he plays very, 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 very small. And he's not a great long-range shooter. So I think that he really hasn't reached anything as when he came out of Duke and everybody thought he was really going to be special. Um, so I, I don't see great value in him. Uh, the kid from Utah plays zero defense. Um, um, the, the, I'm D- blank. Donovan Mitchell? No, not Donovan Mitchell. On, on the Lakers. He went to U- Utah oh. under, undergrad. Um, from Michigan. Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Sorry. Kuzma. Kuzma plays zero is, is, is a defensive liability. So if you take your pick or take all three, do you like any of them? I- so I think it comes down to what the Pelicans want to do, right? It's, are you going to try to do what, and rightfully so, what the Pacers did in getting Oladipo that they're going to try to compete right now? continue to compete, and it worked out, obviously, as Oladipo improved, and they traded their superstar, and they were fine. Or do you do what the Magic did? You tr- trade Dwight Howard for a bunch of picks and some young guys and never and legitimately not recover 15 years later, right? Like, that's what they're going to have to balance. Do you go after just these draft picks, which the Celtics can give you, or do you believe in a young core and get three of Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball? Is that what you think... Makes the most sense. So you, Those are the you two answered your question when you talked about the Patriots, and then you brought up basketball. Football, and yes, Brady is probably the greatest conductor that we've ever seen in sports. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you probably need a great conductor. Right. But football is a game where the depth of your roster and next man up determine Super Bowls mm-hmm. rather than, you know, you really win during the season in a war of attrition than you do the team that wins the offseason, which classically the Washington Redskins have sure, sure. at infinitum, and sometimes the Jets, sure. has very rarely won on the field. Right. Basketball is exactly the opposite. You pick your stars, and the other players are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So the answer to your question is the deal you have to get is the best player. And the best player that you can potentially get is Jason Tatum. He has the highest upside of any of the teams that you're talking about that you could possibly get. And you look at the NBA, is if you don't have that guy, and maybe Tatum won't be that guy, you have no chance. Okay? So people, there were a lot of articles in New York, who's better off, the Knicks or the Nets? Clearly, the Nets are a world's better team. The Nets have one of the best records in the NBA. But if the goal is to win a championship, I really can't see D'Angelo Russell leading that charge, although he's getting better by the daily basis. You know, the Knicks would have a better chance with Porzingis and Durant, assuming Durant comes. 
okay, which is a big if. But that's what you need in the NBA. And, you know, Philadelphia might have told you something with the so-called process. I don't think you can win by assembling five B-plus players. It's been a long time in the NBA since you were able to do that. I very much agree. You need stars. You need superstars. I always think back to that Pistons team that was able to beat the Lakers as a team that was a lot of B-plus players that fit together that worked. Right? Since then, it's always been about the stars, the the decision, the whole deal. Um, now, that's why you all these teams are ultimately going to be desperate for an Anthony Davis. But as I said to you, and as I said this afternoon, when it comes to the Pelicans doing what's right for their team, there is no way, no freaking way that I am trading this guy before I can get everybody's best offer. And that includes Boston. Absolutely. And the best offer has to have, the best offer is defined as who is bringing back the, the best, best player. player. Right. Okay. Because it's, it, it, it's not like getting more value by getting three for one. Because I'll take two pieces of chopped meat and the best player. Okay. And then I'll, Turn over the chop meat and hope I find another great player. So off the top of my head, of any team that can make an offer, okay, Jason Tatum is that best player, okay? If I'm the Knicks, I'm trying to sell Porzingis as that best player because I'd make that deal and sure. give him whatever they want. Well, and and that even I'm... assumes that he has a bionic knee. Well, let me ask this. You say you'll do whatever they want. Is that Christoph Porzingis and the number one pick? With him? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. No question about it. Okay. First of all, the number one pick, if you look at this year's draft and you watch, people are saying that Zion Williamson is exceptional. Mm -hmm. The rest, there's very little difference Mm -hmm. between the top of the first round and the bottom of the first round. Mm -hmm. Um, You watch people say R.J. Barrett's the second best player in this draft. Yeah. And... He's a very nice player, but he's got limitations. He's certainly, you know, again, you're trying to project how 20-year-olds are going to play against men, and not, it gets harder and harder to do. Not 20-year-olds, like 18-year-olds against men. And, and, you know, there are people like, you know, the Buckston Maker is, is, sure. is, 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 is on thing who everybody was talking about as being fantastic. He's 21, and now people are saying, do I want to give him a second contract? Right. right. I mean, you see that all the time in the NBA now. And Thon Maker was extremely, extremely raw when he went into the draft, and I thought it was a reach by the Bucks. but because of where the Bucks are, because they're the best record in the Eastern Conference, they're not going to give this kid a chance to develop. There's no, there's no way. They can't afford to. And at 21 years old, you're absolutely right. Do you give him a second contract? That's why I kind of liked, in this clear rebuilding year for the Knicks, getting all these guys that are under 25 years old and seeing what they have in them. A guy like Noah Vonley, who's never been given a true opportunity. And, you know, it, it's interesting. The Knicks are a collection of lottery busts. Correct. Absolutely. The Knicks are a collection. And I like that. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, none of them have really emerged. You brought up Vonley. Right. And Vonley, actually, the Knicks have the least rights to. In the, you know, the NBA yep. is very, very difficult. The Knicks really don't have any bird exception. And he's actually the most valuable He's actually somebody who's clearly a rotation player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing more than that. No. He's a, he's a backup big. That's fine. Nothing, no, nothing more for, 
or when you want to play small ball. But the NBA story has got to be, right now, James Harden. Yeah, absolutely. Before we move off, you mentioned Kyle Kuzma before. Uh, Freezing Cold Takes just retweeted an old Kyle Kuzma tweet from seven years ago. So he's probably in high school at the time, right? Yeah. This is the day of the James Harden trade. That's how we're all looking at it together. The James Harden trade that sent him from OKC to Houston. Good trade for OKC, Kuz says. Kevin Martin isn't no slouch, and Jay Lamb is the future. Plus, first-round picks. And that trade worked out for OKC, Doc. One of the worst trades in basketball history. History. One of the worst. I mean, it goes down with Nolan Ryan for Jim Fregosi. You know? Sure. Or Amos Otis for Joe Foy. Many, or Babe Ruth, even. <laughs> many, many other trades. A very, very bad trade for Oklahoma City. What you know, but it, it's it's I I can't remember the exact number, but James Harden has gone more than two hundred baskets without having anybody assist on his baskets. So this is clear isolation. Three hundred and seven consecutive points without having a ball assisted on. Right. Is this what we want in the NBA? And should there be rule changes allowing? zone defense so that you don't you can actually double and not be within three feet of somebody um is this isolation ball i mean i mean is this what you want to watch you know i guess i have several questions number one is this what you want to watch where it's basically pick and roll pick and roll pick and roll until he gets the matchup that he wants where he either drives fouls and passes and now he's has had assists and you know the game against the knicks he hit 22 out of 25 foul shots um and the second question is, can you win this way? Can you win four games against a real team? And I asked this question last week. And to me, the answer is no. Like, you can win a game, right? You could definitely win a game with superhero Harden. But can this sustain over the long run, over a seven-game series? And I don't think the answer is Also, yes. can this sustain until June? We're now only right. in February. Only in February. Okay. Right. okay. This has got to take a physical toll. Yeah, you know, let's let, let's give him credit. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing he is, he comes to play every single night. Sure. He really works like you can't possibly imagine. I really, you know, I always try to think of comps in basketball. I really can't think of a comp that I've ever seen like him. He gets fouled. He 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 has the ball. He's got incredible body control. He's a reasonably good shooter. He's Really kind of different than any god that I've seen sure. in my lifetime. I can't think of one comp to him. Some people have said Oscar Robinson, which is like I remember Oscar Robinson playing for the Milwaukee Bucks with Lou, Lou at that time, Lou Alcindor, which is the end of his right. career. But I can't remember one real comp to Harden. I don't have one. I don't have one. By the way, this just comes in. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted this. New Orleans gave this statement to ESPN on Anthony Davis. This past weekend, Anthony Davis' representatives informed us that Anthony does not wish to sign a contract extension with our team and subsequently has requested a trade. Although we are disappointed in this decision, dot, dot, dot. Our organization's top priority is to bring an NBA championship to our city and fans build our team for a long, for long-term success, relative to specific talks of a trade, we will do this on our timeline. 
one that makes sense for our team and it will not be dictated for those, by those outside of our organization. We've also requested the league to strictly enforce the tampering rules associated with this transaction. I hope he likes Nathaniel Hall. <laughs> because, because, you know, essentially that's like saying we do not like what the Lakers have. Sure. Of course it is. Yeah. We're not just giving in. We're not just sending you the Lakers. That's exactly what that says. That's exactly what that says. Yep. And, and, and you know, now you look at it from the Boston perspective mm-hmm. where you have to give something to get something. But you know what? You know, we love you, Jason. You were phenomenal as a rookie. A li- you know, a little bit worse as a sophomore year. You yes. have an incredible upside. Mm-hmm. Okay. But welcome to Bur- Bourbon Street. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's basically what that says. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I thought it was a great, I thought it was a good job there, uh, by the new Orleans Pelicans. Let's move on here. Let's go back to the NFL where we were talking about Tom Brady and his legacy. Um, and we, we were talking about the Patriots. I want to go to the Rams here for a moment where Sean McVay was interviewed by Monday morning quarterback or formerly Monday morning quarterback, football morning in America and Peter King. And he gets up at four o'clock in the morning and he goes to the to the office, and he has this bright memory. And he, ta- and he actually is friends with Belichick. He talks to him every week after every game. They they, they text their friends. What does Sean McVay have to do differently in order to win the Super Bowl? Sean McVay, number one, I think that if you actually look at it, he has to stay true to what he was when he, you, you know, that got him there right. to begin with. Like, I, I thought that, you know, again, he was somebody who said, you should definitely just go for everything, just go for everything, just go for everything. And then when the push comes on the, to shove, on the half inch line, he, 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 he gets nervous and, and does that. Sure. I think the Rams have a really good chance in this game because I think the okay. Rams bring to the table exactly what, what, um, what bothers New England the most, which is they have excellent defensive tackles, yep. which can give them pressure up the middle. Also, I think they have good team speed. Okay. And one of the things that you know we can't forget is that Kansas City put 31 points on them in the second half. Sure. And they could not stay with Kansas City. So their schemes were great in the first half. Once Kansas City began to figure it out and move Mahomes around, they couldn't stop him. So this is a flawed Patriot team. Yep. So I think the Rams have a really, really, really good shot. And as I pointed out, you know, again, we go five out of nine, Dynasty. It's not like New England's rolled over anybody in the Super Bowl in the last five times. Right. So why would you think that they were going to roll over? And I still think that this is their worst team in the Super Bowl. I think this is the worst Gronkowski going into the game. Sure. I I think that, you know, it would seem to me that Julian Edelman does not have 4-2 speed. Somebody should be able to keep him from getting exactly where he wants to go. Every single time. And, you know, as far as if, if I was doing the game plan for Los Angeles... I would play like the Chad Pennington defense that Oakland played against the the Jets. I would make Brady beat me over the top. Let Brady take away as much of the intermediate, the fast passing game, 
chip at the line of scrimmage. If right. they make big plays, right. I have the big play offense. I'll come back. I'll live with the 80-yard bomb, but I want to take away, and I know that's the exact opposite that most people preach. Mm-hmm. I want to push the field long on him and make him throw over the top. You don't think he has what he used to have? I don't think he has the receivers to do it, and I think I can get enough pressure with Fowler, um, Aaron Donald, and, and Sue, especially, and Flowers as well. I think I can get enough pressure that if I can make him hold the ball, I think that I can make some plays. I believe I saw, or, or Frank told me, I believe, Wade Phillips, 15-16 and 16 in his career against Bill Belichick. So it was 500 there, so he's got a shot at it. And one thing that's guaranteed is I guess we won't have any referees that come from California. What do you think of that story? I think it's stupid. It's a, I cannot believe this is a story. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's... It's unbelievable. First of all, I, again, I don't think it, 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 people, people understand how people think. These are professionals, okay? I, I, I don't think once you become an NFL referee that you think the sure. same way as a fan does. Of course not. You know, I think it's, it's like saying... You know, this is what bothers fans is that players change jersey and people are loyal, you know, fans are loyal to the jersey. Look, 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 you know, Anthony Davis, you know, I love the people of New Orleans. They've been very, very great to me. Yes. Can I get a coach? Can I get a first class ticket to Los Angeles? Okay. He wants to do what's best for him. It's, it's, it's not like there's loyalty to the Pelicans. You know, the, one of the stories I heard this morning is Kevin Durant is going back as they're retiring Nick Collison's jersey for yeah. OKC. Yeah. And uh, Dennis Schroeder said that the fans of Oklahoma City should welcome him back warmly. Sure. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I mean, if, if somebody left your boyhood team who offered him the world, would you, you know, would you be like, oh, boy, that's a great guy. You know, we, we love him, you, you know, type of deal. Um, well, that leads, me, that leads me to the Knicks last night. Who was, at the, who was sitting front row at the Garden last night? Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. Was he there to watch the Knicks or was he there to hang out with his buddy, Dwayne Wade? He was there to hang out with his buddy, Dwayne Wade. But there he was, Carmelo Anthony, who Knicks fans couldn't wait to get rid of a year ago. It wasn't five years ago, ten years ago, three years ago. A year ago, fans clamoring to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. And he was so good that now a year later, he's on the sidelines in the front row in dress clothes watching the Knicks. Yeah. But you know what happened to him? A standing ovation. Well, but a different, obviously very different. Very different. It's not like he left at the top of his game. Of course, of course. Okay. Two is he's actually become a sympathetic figure in a way. Sure, he's become a sympathetic figure, which is hard to imagine. In a way, yeah. And and maybe he was. Remember, I said, you know, he's just always and Dwayne Wade surrounds himself. He's like, I, I, I said this once before on Doc Jack, he's like the girl that hangs around with all the best-looking girls on campus. And then when you actually say, well, she's really not that attractive because she's in the club. You know, he's always sure. been in that club. You know, LeBron, Wade, Carmelo Anthony's won the most Olympic games. But if yep. you actually look at his career, phenomenal college player at Syracuse. Yep. His NBA career... I think once at Denver made it to the conference finals, and with the Knicks, they won one playoff series in his whole time there. Correct. That's right. Okay? That is accurate. And, and yet, he, a lot of people considered him second to LeBron James. Well, For a while, yes. That was, that's a distant. At least, at least as a scorer. 
that is a, as distant of a second as you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. You know, it really... It's amazing to me to think, Doc, that Carmelo Anthony was known as this unbelievable scorer that could do anything, and then you watch James Harden, and you're like, this is what we're talking about? This is who we thought Carmelo Anthony was? Well, but Houston got off to a bad start with... Arguably, their second best player injured. Sure, maybe that's an advantage to them because there's, you know, you know, you know, Harden doesn't even have to give the ball to anybody else. There, there's not even the charade of anybody else touching the ball on that team. Right. When you have Chris, Paul, not even get, not even trying to protect. Okay. Yeah. When you have Chris Paul on the thing, you, you you know you have to let him touch it sometime just to justify sure. the State Farm ads all the time. Yes. You know, you know you you don't want him to have more air time on State Farm than you do on the basketball. Sure. Court. So. It, 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 it's it's like, th- that's why they got rid of Carmelo so fast, because Carmelo actually wants to, to bounce the basketball and just doesn't do it as well. Right. That's why they couldn't run him out of town. Correct. Where do you think he, he winds up? I don't know that he plays again, Doc. He'll play again. Why? Because he can and somebody will want him to. And I don't know he, that that's true. And he, I don't think he wants to go out this way. I don't... Portland? Carmelo Anthony's not going to Portland. Okay. He's not going to Portland. He'll go play in LA if LeBron wants him to. I don't think LeBron wants him to. I agree with you. That's I think I, that's a smokescreen. I think it's over. And you know, the, the other thing about LeBron James is supposedly he doesn't want Luke Walton to coach. Well, he knew that was coming. Right. You know, but, Corey, you know what our own Corey Parsons and, and some other people believe? The next coach of the Los Angeles Lakers is Dwayne Wade. Really? That's what some people believe. Well, uh, why not make LeBron play a coach? It basically, is. I mean, uh, basically, he's he, he he. You know, people are talking about like the All Star selection and you know it, it, out sixteen games. But you know, it would be really, really interesting. The Lakers right now are two games out of the playoffs. Right. Okay. When LeBron comes back, they'll move up, no doubt. But it would be great to see the Lakers play Golden State in the first round. That's not a match that they'd really want. They would not. They would not want that at all. Let's be real. Let's be real, Doc. Nobody's going to want to face LeBron in the first round. Right. Nobody wants to face LeBron. But, but I mean, that's a very realistic. Sure. It's, that's, that's very realistic. Absolutely. Coming back, the Absolutely. Golden State faces. And is there anybody in the East that can give Golden State a run? You want to think that. You want to think that Milwaukee could, but I don't know that they can. I. First of all, who do you think the favorite in the East is? Probably the, probably the Raptors. Probably, the I would Raptors. agree with you. Yeah, but I think that you, I, I think that the Celtics have a realistic chance to get better. Sure, and 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 I would say that Gordon Haywood was a terrific player, and now he's a shade shell, of himself. He's a shell of himself. Yeah. Okay, and is that permanent or is he just got to play more to get back in the in in the, in the field? You know, if he can really become a top player, I think that helps him. I really don't like Philadelphia the way they're constructed now. Something's off on that team. What about Carmelo there? You're going to put another guy that just wants the ball all the time? Second unit. He doesn't want to do that. But Again, I think at this point he would. So that's where we disagree, right? Like, to me, Carmelo Anthony knows his best days are behind him. He doesn't need to travel the world. He doesn't need to be like Paul Pierce and just sit on the bench for a while. Like he's well, but do Paul that. Pierce was one of the great finishers of all time. No doubt about it. 
He also could play defense. Sure. Those are two things, you know. Carmelo, second unit. Carmelo was not a great finisher for the Knicks. No, and he's, not a, and he's not a great shooter. And in today's NBA, there's not a place for that. What Philadelphia needs is shooters. Carmelo Anthony's not that anymore, unfortunately. I, I think the teams that could use them, like, you know who could use them in all honesty? Brooklyn could use Carmelo Anthony. But I don't think they want to sign him. And, you know, they have this, you know, they're playing the ultimate of what we would just talk about. The B plus. The ultimate with B plus players. Right. Playing, there's nobody on their team playing 30 minutes a game. Right. Winning winning games. You know, again, against a disparate NBA, great, great story. I don't see them winning a playoff series. I agree. You know, and we talk, we talk about the stars, right? Like it's it's a lot of B pluses, a lot of B pluses. Interestingly, though, they've won the, more than their fair share of close games, which absolutely, goes, which goes against everything that we're saying. So maybe we're 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 stupid, um, but I I just and, and this is the whole thing. I don't believe that Harden can do it for four games against a great team. Agreed, and, and do that. I want to go to talk to you about like a fascinating interview that I heard with Mark Cuban. Okay. And Mark Cuban was interviewed on a Freakonomics podcast and, okay. and graduated of Indiana. Great, great to listen to, you know, whether it's on Shark Tank. Very interesting guy who actually made his money by creating a streaming service before there was YouTube. And very tech-savvy person. And they asked him if you had to long a sport, what sport would it be? And if you had a shortest sport, what sport would it be? Mm-hmm. And his answers were? My guesses to you, which were correct before the show, was I thought that he was short football, which is the obvious one given uh, concussions, um, that people, would, people are saying for many, many years the NFL is going to die a slow death, um, that, that, that the best athletes in our country would not play that game anymore. And people will stop watching it because of how violent it is. So I said the NFL. That was correct. When it came to buying in, longing a sport, I thought it would be esports. He's already invested in the NBA. I thought it would be esports. And again, that was correct. You were absolutely correct. And I'm asking you, you know, you're getting, you're engaged, not yes. yet had children. No. I'm sitting here with three, two in college. Yep. And I'm saying, like, you know what? I'd rather pay the University of Miami for my daughter Kylie than have one of my kids be on an eSports scholarship staring at a computer all day. And maybe I'm just too much of like a bariatric surgeon or, you know, wellness individual and just can't regard looking at a computer as a sport, but I don't know what do we define as a sport. And and, and that's a common conversation when I, and I disagree, right? Because eSports is obviously very, very Popular, or many believe how popular it's going to become with all these billionaires investing in it, right? I believe if my child is the best at something or is good enough to get a scholarship to college at the University of Maryland to play a video game better than anybody else, that's a talent right there. That's a talent. That's awesome, and I support them. So why am I so screwed up that if my kid was the best piano player, I'd be 
proud of them if they were, you know, right. it, not just in sports. Right. Right? You understand what I'm trying I, to say? I'm with you. You okay. don't believe that video if games were, is, a, is a talent. If, 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 if they won The Voice, I'd be... Ch- of course. Be, Dan- a dancer. Okay, I'd be proud of them. And why why am I drawing the line on esports? Am I just pigheaded? Am I just, you know, am I just like a, just a creation of habit? You know, I asked one of our medical students when we were having this conversation today... He goes, yeah, I watch esports. I go, where do you watch it? He said, YouTube. Right. YouTube or Twitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. YouTube. I watch it all the time. It's the only way you can get better in Living Legends. And it, it's really interesting. And Mark Cuban's League of Legends. argument. League, League of Legends, yeah. League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban's, you, you know, I'm still in old-time sports, Living Legends. Living Legends, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Larry Bird. Um, Mark Cuban's ar- uh, uh, argument is that when sports proliferate, it's because you have a lot of amateurs playing mm-hmm. and they want to imitate the pros and that every kid is playing this to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. I'm cool with my kids playing video games. Like, I'm not like, you know, ban their screen time. I think it's part of their generation. Right. But I really prefer that to take my friend, my son, Jarrett, to a tennis lesson. Sure. Okay than I do to have him home practicing video games. And I understand that, right? Like, there is a social aspect that you want your child to be around other kids, other people. It's also a... Than sitting around playing video games. It's also a health aspect. Sure. Of course. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's that we've already become, in my mind, too sedentary. No, we, there's no doubt about it. Okay? You know, from what we've... We've already become... And I've, I've told you that the history of sports derives from the fact that they'd said if we take 30 guys and we have some sort of competition, that's better than everybody getting killed. At most, 30 people get killed. And then we've taken it into different sports and different leagues and channeled a bunch of energy. But maybe this is the true cure for CTE, you know, you know video games uh, I- instead. And I don't mean to make light. I'm sure it takes tremendous skill. And what I found really amazing is my medical student today said, yeah. And by the time these people are 23, they're done because they lose their reaction time. Which to me is... And then you're like, then what? And this to me is like really fascinating. Because here you think about it. At the Australian Open, we basically have two dinosaurs. And we have these great young players throughout the world. Tennis is truly an international sport. Yes. We have... Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer. And it's essentially been that way for how many years? It's just incredible I, I, that my, no one... My whole, my whole life. Okay? That no one can break through. Right. You, 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 you know, when Federer broke through, Nadal came after. Yeah. When Nadal broke through, Djokovic, Djokovic came right. after. And then for a short time, Andy Murray yeah. made it like the Beatles, a quartet. Right. Okay? And then we have Japarov coming out of Canada. Looks great. Mm-hmm. Okay? You have the kid that beat Federer uh, from Greece this year, but none of them seem to be able to crack it. You know, Nishikori, none of them seem to be able to crack it consistently, which is amazing. Like, how long can these guys keep on going on? It's a good thing I don't play video games because they'd be done at 23. I mean, you thought thought Nadal was going to be done with his back injury years ago. You thought Federer was falling off years ago, and it just hasn't happened. It just has not happened. It's which is just absolutely amazing because historically, tennis was a sport where you reached a young peak, not quite like gymnastics. But when I was a kid, you had 
you know, Chris Everett winning majors at 16. Right. Okay. Right. Yes, it was more in the females. But even Pete Sampras sure. won the U.S. Open at 20 or 21. Right. Agassi was a child prodigy. Jimmy Connors was j- dating Chris, Chris Everett back in the day, was in his early 20s when he was winning majors. McEnroe, the best part of his career was right when he came after Stanford. It used to be said you couldn't win a Grand Slam in your 30s. Ken Rosewall, then Agassi, Connors, they went further than anybody else. And so it's, it's, just, it's just amazing in this day and age. You know, Some of it has to do with training, but it's also amazing that no one comes behind to push them from the throne. Absolutely not. I don't think it's for lack of trying. You know, I just think it's they're really good. I mean, they're three of the best players we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah. So it, it, it's as we started with Brady. Yeah. I think we should kind of wrap it up. Bring bring it up. So first of yep. all, let's let's go to Super Bowl picks. Super Bowl picks. I think the Patriots win and they cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me a score. I think the Patriots win. 17. You think it's a big win? I do. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play roulette. I'm going to keep on hitting black, black, black. Although I thought the Patriots would kill the Chargers. Okay. Okay. Right. But, but, you know, after that, I, I, I really thought Kansas City was going to win. Okay. Because I really thought this was the league. So I'm going to go consistently. I'm going to go Rams 27-23. All right. So we had a, not only did we get a good game, but Rams win it. Yeah. I like I, it. I, I, I'm going to go. But, you know, again, I, I hope I don't get, you know, I know there's not going to be any Southern California or any referees from the New England area. Probably not. Which is, I, I think, just the absolute th- thing about that. But, you know, one of the things is we were talking about quarterbacks and just to yeah. put our thinking caps on and say, let's, let's go through the teams that you think are going to have new starting quarterbacks next year. Sure. And, and name who do you think that quarterback's going to be. So, All right, I'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think their quarterback will be Nick Foles. Okay, so you think DeFilippo signs Nick Foles. I do. Who takes this first snap for the Denver Broncos? Who takes the first snap for the Denver Broncos? I'll say Case Keenum. You think Case Keenum? I do. I think Case Keenum's going to wind up being the Giants' bridge quarterback. Okay. Okay. I would be surprised if Eli and him traded places. Okay. I'd be interested. Okay. As long as they draft one, too. I, 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 well, I think, I think they will do that, and I think Case Keenum will, will, will be the bridge. What do you think the Washington Redskins do? I think they, need, they, they will have a new quarterback for sure, unless it's just Colt McCoy. Well, you know, the, the problem with Colt McCoy, okay, is he wasn't great when he played for Cleveland. He looked much better when he played for Washington, but he really can't stay on the field. No, always gets hurt. Okay, he really can't stay on the field. And, you know, you could say I'm a firm believer that injuries are a talent like any other. I think that sometimes, you know— what I equate this to in my medical knowledge is like accidents can happen to anybody. But if you spend time in a trauma slot, accidents more often happen to people secondary to alcohol, drugs, et cetera, et cetera. I'd say the same thing is true about injuries. You know, right hit, right place, anybody can get injured. But there are certain people that have certain body habitus you know, they can't be reproduced. Maybe they have the sixth sense to not take a hit and stuff like that. That injuries are a skill like any other, avoiding them type of deal. So I think that there is something to being 
very much injury prone as opposed to people like, you know, Mannings, you know, Brett Favre, Drew Brees, who had a terrible shoulder injury, but has managed to stay on the field for 10 years since that time. I, I, I do think there's something to that. I agree with that. I agree with that. There is something to just Eli Manning style, right? Just be on the well, field. Or Russell Wilson. Sure. And, and, and I, I don't think it's a skill that you can actually predict. Um, but let's take, for example, both Deshaun Watson and Robert Griffith right. had ACLs repaired mm-hmm. before they made it into the NFL. Mm-hmm. As did Todd Gurley, but that's that's sure. different, different, different story. Yep. One more quarterback for you. I can answer Washington theoretically. Joe Flacco, maybe. Yeah, I think he makes sense mm-hmm. for them. Um, Jay Gruden and stuff like that. People have talked about how. Washington had this great coaching staff that had Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Sean McVay, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, Matt Lafleur on yeah. the same coaching staff underneath Mike Shanahan mm-hmm. at that time, and that was, I think, the team that you know, RG3. yeah, oh yeah, and I think we should look back at that time very fondly because what they did that rookie season was unlike anything we've seen in the NFL. So let me ask you this question: I was thinking about this, yeah. When watching Lamar Jackson play quarterback for the Ravens, okay. is the league coming back to Robert Griffith? Like Jay Gruden couldn't run him out there fast enough because he didn't have the read progression. And now basically everybody's offense is the run pass option and stuff right. like that. Had it be different times, would have his career gone differently? Extremely, extremely, extremely different. I think that. They would have forced him to be smarter. They would have forced him to not be a different quarterback, but not be as wild or and as free thinking as he was. I think is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think from an Asian, I just think he's bad at goods at this point in time. He's I, a, he's a shell of himself. Going back to that term again, right? Yeah. He's just not the same guy anymore. Yeah, because he was truly special that first year when they let him play, and you, you, you know he probably you know injured a knee that already was 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 sure. was injured. Sure, you know, in I think in that playoff game, but he was. Truly I will never forget. I mean, just listening to the games on the radio and watching that, I go, "The Giants are going to be screwed for the next twenty years of my life because this guy is unstoppable." Right, unstoppable. I mean, I actually, you know, and it's interesting. That's the same year as Andrew Luck and the same year as Russell Wilson. Sure. And obviously Andrew Luck had a near MVP year, Mm -hmm. but he missed two years. Yeah. I mean, the argument after the first year was who's better, Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right now you'd actually have to say that Russell Russell Wilson's had the best career of the three. And a lot of that is because? He stays on the field. He stays on the field. And he won a Super Bowl, but, but ultimately he does stay on the field. There you go. And as we head into the Super Bowl, Machado and Harper. Still out there. Still out there. Still out there. Still waiting. And, you know, again, people ask for a lot of reasons. I think the reason's very, very simple. They haven't been given the offer they want. They haven't been given the offer that they want and, or by the team that they want. Right. And I think that it's, you know, when you look at the history of long contracts, the math just isn't there. And, 
you know, I think that, that people are reassessing the marketplace. I think it's a re-equilibration of the marketplace. And I think it's also greedy owners realizing that they can get away with not having to spend and spend and spend. You know, it's interesting because I think that, for example, if there's a team that should spend, we bring up, and baseball's local revenue as opposed to other sports. And like in our town, the Yankees are valued as the first or second most valuable franchise in all pro sports. Yeah, the, world, the Mets yeah. are very highly valued, don't get me wrong. But they're not the Yankees. But they're not the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, New York was considered a National League town. In 1969, when the Giants and the Dodgers left, the Mets were the darlings. Yankees go through those dormant years when Horace Clark was their second baseman. And, you know, Steinbrenner signs, Catfish Hunter, Reggie Jackson, kind of changes the whole equation that people don't realize. But the Mets should make an investment because they could have the upside there. But, again, really, really interesting. One thing you got to say, Washington Nationals, best team on paper. Where did they finish in the National League East? Third. It might have been second. second. Or third. They might have been but a distant second to Atlanta. Right. Who you, we, you couldn't nice. name one player in their starting line. Well, Cunha. Cunha, but, yeah. But, but, Freddie Freeman. But you, yeah. But Freeman would be the only one coming into the year. Right. And, you know, Baltimore was in last place with Machado. Is, is somebody once said, we can finish last with you or last without you. Absolutely. Or as David Fisdale says, what are we going to do? Lose more games? <laughs> and that's the truth. There's... So next week, our post-Super Bowl edition. Absolutely. And ha- enjoy watching the Super Bowl. And if you don't enjoy the game, you can turn on eSports and, and watch you know, the end of uh, the end of Fortnite. End of the Fortnite, end of League of Legends, and the end of a whole lot more. Doc, it has been a pleasure. Enjoy the Super Bowl. What's your uh, go-to Super Bowl food? Go to Super Bowl is is we go to Dan Marino's place. Oh yeah, you know because he he you know doing a plug to Anthony's Coal Oven. Uh huh. Get the meatball ricotta pizza. There you go. Very good. They have choice. actually the best wings that they put in their uh, their oven. Get out of here. That, 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 that's Get out of the here. Best around, and and the meatballs that come in the pot. You know is 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 I think what 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 we'll do. How about you? For me, I like my buffalo chicken dip. Give me some wings. Get me some. That's it. I'm, I'm satisfied. My buffalo chicken dip and some wings. I'm happy. So do you think the commercials have gone down in the last few years? I think so. I really do, too. I agree. Yeah. I, I think that there's been too much pressure. Or, or, or maybe, it's, it, maybe it's just that everything is so politically correct. Maybe. That they're not Not nearly, as fun anymore. They're not as fun as they used to be. Yeah, I agree with that. There you go. That is Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sossman. For any episode you miss, just go to YouTube and write in Doc Jock. And you'll see what we come up with. For Dr. Mitchell Roslin, I'm Greg Sausman. Thank you so much for watching here. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have some fun this weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Good night.